0: Welcome to the biggest thing to hit the financial advisory ESG community, environmental, social and governance. I'm Jonathan Kavaznik, CHFC Wealth Advisor. With over 25 years advisory experience, I've been advising clients so they can make a positive
1: global impact. Probably had this thought over the last three to four months, right? Uh, Maybe I should quit my job. But maybe one thing holding you back is what about retirement? How to join the Great Resignation without sabotaging your retirement? Our financial advisor, Jonathan Kavaznik, next. What do parents need to think about before committing, um, you know, uh, this type of financial commitment to their adult kids? And and what, I guess, what questions and and answers should you be going through in your mind if you want to do this or not?
0: So a lot of parents found themselves in a situation where their children, maybe because of the pandemic or maybe just because they decided they wanted to make a career change, found themselves where they could use a little bit of financial help from their parents. And as a parent, you really don't want to turn your child away necessarily and not help them. And there was a statistic also, uh, including what you just said, that $500 billion each year goes to adult children, which is twice as much than we contribute to our retirement plan as a community in the United States. So it is a huge number and one of the primary things that I've seen is don't really make it alone and don't really make it emotional because you could sever your relationship with your children by really setting up this is a loan and this is a lot of stress and then you get into arguments and the next thing you know you thought you were helping them but you really hurt your relationship with your children.
1: Mm mm hmm. Yeah. And that's what makes it complicated, too. Right. Is that these are the most precious people in your life. You love them so, so much. And you, I think, as parents always want to help. And I think, you know, but but also understanding what are our limitations and what can we do to help? So, yeah. okay. so you mentioned loan. Should that be clear? Should that be communicated? Hey, look, this is a gift or this is a loan or or look, we can give you this money. Um But, you know, we hope that you pay it back, you know, on your time or within a couple of years, but there's no interest or, you know, I guess what should be communicated there, Jonathan?
0: Those are all really the key ideas is the communication up front is really important to let our children know that we expect to either get paid back, which again creates a lot of stress, or it's a gift and it might be a one-time gift. So don't be thinking every month you're going to get this allowance know, uh, I'm not going to create my own little trust fund baby by taking my retirement money and giving it to my children and then putting myself in crisis where I don't get to retire in the lifestyle I was expecting because I'm supporting my children. So I think that expectation and that communication upfront is really key and letting them know what they can or cannot expect going forward. And that'll keep your relationship really open with them. And, and that's what you want, right? You mentioned this is our most precious people in the world, but we want to keep that communication line open
1: if if what if a a millennial adult comes to you jonathan and asking for advice you know hey my parents you know they're okay right They're, i mean i have a good relationship with them but they're i feel like they're probably in an okay financial situation but i'm not quite sure we we, you know we want to let's say um redo a a room in our house it's going to cost twenty thousand dollars could we you know could we ask Our parents, should we ask them, how do we approach them? What would be your advice to this uh, millennial that would potentially be in that situation?
0: So in a lot of situations, the parents are very private about their finances in relationship to how they explain it to their children. And so the children aren't necessarily really in the know of whether or not the parents are as wealthy as they may feel or maybe as wealthy as they may appear. And so it's really important that when a parent says, I don't think I can really afford this, that the child respect that and not expect them to put their own retirement in jeopardy or their own lifestyle in jeopardy. But most cases, it's not a very open door as the person gets older. They're very worried about their own lifestyle and their retirement and their ability to have income because they're not necessarily working anymore. So I think that's key is the child has to respect that.
1: Yeah. Jonathan Gavaznik here, financial advisor with Cherokee investments at bank Cherokee. I've been reading about the uh, build back better plan and there's lots of different you know, um, there's lots of uh, different irons in this thing. and But one of them was the Roth IRA. I kept hearing about the Roth IRA, which I, a lot of people have a Roth IRA, and, and that there could potentially be some changes to the Roth IRA involved in this Build Back Better plan. Um, has anything changed, Jonathan, with, with, with the Roth IRA? So uh, one of the key areas that a lot of people aren't aware
0: of, because we don't get to utilize it that often with uh, individuals, it's something they call the backdoor or the way to get into a Roth IRA uh, based on your income. And maybe you make too much money and you normally couldn't do a Roth IRA. Well, they call something called a backdoor where you can actually contribute to a non-deductible IRA. And then you convert it to the Roth IRA and now you have tax-free growth. And one mm-hmm. of the things that was proposed um, has actually been dropped. And that was if your income is over a certain threshold and you had a certain amount of assets, they weren't going to allow you to do this backdoor uh, Roth IRA situation, but that's been dropped. So at least for now, it's protected. Okay. But I think, yep, but I think what most listeners should think about is it was brought up. And so our Roth IRAs in the future may be under attack by the idea that that's really a sweet way for us to have tax-free growth. Nothing else really does yeah. that, right? So this kind of opens that soft idea of, hmm, they started here, where could this end up? And so we really have to be aware of that as a consumer and as an individual voter.
1: So there's only, I know there's only so much money you can commit to an, a Roth IRA per year. And you had mentioned that um, if you make so much money, you can't open up a Roth IRA. Is, is there a cap on that right now? Like how much money in, in one particular year you can commit to either an IRA or a Roth or do that backdoor thing you were talking about?
0: So there is. So if I'm an individual uh, single person, it's $125,000 is the income limit. Or if I'm married mm-hmm. or filing jointly, it starts at 198000 and so if you think about as a household, a lot of people might make over 198000 and they're not able to do the Roth IRA directly. So they use this backdoor idea or it's more common now to have Roth IRAs inside employers' retirement plans, uh, like the mm-hmm. 401k plans. And that's another mm-hmm. way, if I have an income uh, limit on myself, is to get money into a Roth IRA because there is no income limit through my employer plan.
1: Yeah. Really good stuff, Jonathan. I'm glad we caught up again, and uh, have a great rest of your week. And let's talk again soon. We will. Thank you so much. Take care, Corey. Yeah, Jonathan Kavaznik. That's interesting. I had not really heard about that backdoor Roth, where you would basically open up an account. It sounds like, and then um, just with the with the with the idea of hey, we're going to just transfer it over into a a Roth IRA right away. Um, and, and and Jonathan mentioned it. He said. Look, it's not changing, nothing's going to change, but it was brought up. And lots of times when things are brought up, then maybe it's going to be explored in in a new way moving forward, and maybe there would be some changes coming to that down the pike. But not now.
2: If you have any questions, please contact Jonathan Kavaznik at jkavaznik, that's K-V-A-S-N-I-K, at securitiesamerica.com. ESG Players Podcast can be found on iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and many other platforms through the Backroom Studios. That's Backroom Studios, S T E W D I O S. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc. Member F I N R A, S I P C, Jonathan B. Kovaznik, CHFC, Registered Representative, Advisory Services offered through Securities America Advisories, Inc. Cherokee Investment Services, Bank Cherokee, and Securities America are separate companies. Not FDIC insured. No bank guarantees. May lose value. Not insured by any government agency. Not bank deposits.